Welcome back to the Winchester, everyone, the podcast where Hannah, Ben, and myself explore everything to do with film, TV, entertainment, pop culture, you name it. If you're a nerd like us, then you're in the right place. We'll be diving deep into all things nerdy to discuss exactly what it is we love and hate about them. If you haven't already, please make sure to like, subscribe, review, wherever you get your podcasts. This week, it's Canada Day. And in celebration, we're talking about good old-fashioned Canadian cinema with Bruce McDonald's 2008 film, Pontypool. But first, let's check in with our panel in a segment I like to call Whatcha Watchin'? And it's a very special Whatcha Watchin' because it's Canada Day. And we're all Canadian. Well, this is just a reg- This is just a regular Whatcha Watchin' segment then because we're all just Canadian. Um, uh, Hannah, Whatcha Watchin'? Does it have to be Canadian? No, I'm not, I'm not watching. No, I, Canadian. I drew, I drew inspiration because we were all Canadian. But then that's just us on a normal day, so <laughs> it's not special. What am I watching right now? I haven't really been watching much. I was playing Alan Wake again. I think I'm almost done. And then I'm thinking about getting Last of Us, but I'm not in a super big rush to get that. So. That's it. <laughs> I I absolutely loved the first one, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on paying full price for it just right away. It's so yeah, much. I've never played it. Never played it. You really? Never played the first one? Oh, the first one's nope. great. None of it. I'm having. I mean, hey, I'm I just I just downloaded Bioshock Collection like a month ago. So wait, have you never Bi- played Bioshock? Bioshock? Never played Bioshock. What? What? But playing like and playing it on like a modern like console, you're I'm just like this doesn't feel good. <laughs> like it just felt so weird. Oh, it's such a great game though. Oh yeah, like the story wise and everything, I was loving it. But I was just like, my god, it feels like Goldeneye trying to move your character around. <laughs> it can be a little clunky, honestly. Though I think I I really enjoyed too. I think it gets more flack than it deserves. I I like I always I love those games. Uh, the yep. only one that I didn't really like was, uh, or it's not that I didn't like it. I just liked the world of Rapture so much. I was kind of bummed that they left Rapture um, for the third game. But yeah, but at the same time, I like how do you continue on after the second without it feeling just shoehorned in? No, I know, I understand that, but I like I I just got so attached to Rapture that I was going to be unhappy no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think. I think it's well. It would be well worth uh, revisiting Infinity to see what you think, given some time away from the games. Oh, I still, I still liked it. It's just I oh, like okay. the other ones better. Well, bully for you. <laughs> I don't even know where I heard that phrase, but I, I love using it. I think it, <laughs> it's yeah, like from, it, I think it's, I think it was 1956. That's <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, I, I think it was Ron Swanson in uh, Parks and Recreation that I first heard use it. Probably. I don't know if it's a good th- bully for you is a good thing or a bad thing, but whatever. I have no idea. Hey Ben. Yes, Scott. What you watching? I am. I'm currently watching two things. Um, on my own, I'm watching Avatar: The Last Airbender again. Nice. Um, nice. I'm just coming up on the end of season two right now, and uh, with my wife, um, Alicia and I are watching. Uh, Archer. We restarted watching Archer recently. Um, we never got past season six, so we started about halfway through season five, and uh, now we're almost on season seven. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Archer. Archer's always solid. It's just a fun spy comedy romp. Yeah, and it, it's the voice so smart. Great. Oh, it is the animation. So we were watching a, a scene uh, last night, I think it was, where the main cast are getting shot with beanbag guns. And it's all in slow motion. And like the animation is so well done as you see their faces just contort as they get hit by these beanbag guns. <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. It's been a little while since I've seen it. I, I watched it to death. I, I tend to do that with shows where I watch them to death over and over and over again for like two years. And then I have a, it takes me a while to get back to them. I did that with Community re- like a couple of years ago. So it's oh, been you can a never rewatch Community too many times. Uh, I beg to differ. Ne- <laughs> never. Oh my, that is fighting <laughs> yeah, words. Yeah, Hannah, uh, Hannah, I'm ready to uh, to take this out by the flagpole. 
when it's the only thing that you have on in the background to drown out like the loneliness of your life forever, <laughs> then it's, Whoa, it becomes that got a dark. little. <laughs> it, it gets took a fucking sharp right turn. Have you guys? I was going to seen... counter it by say I do that, but. Mm. Have you uh, not seen those memes online where you just have constantly something on in the background? I mean, no, I haven't. Have, I, I, I do, but I haven't seen the memes. <laughs> so, um, community is okay? a feel good thing to have in the background too. But yeah, I'm concerned, Hannah. What's going on? Nothing. Hannah, I think you need to watch more Community. No. Yeah. <laughs> what Pontypool got you down? <laughs> I'm almost constantly watching Community. I love that show. It's a good show. I'm not saying it's a bad show. I'm just saying I, I watched mean, that it a sounds lot. like that sounds like it's what you're saying. Oh my god! What is sounds this? Sounds like someone hates Community. <laughs> downvote, downvote. Um, yeah, I would argue that Community was one of the best shows on television for a very long time. I think it still is, and it's not even on television anymore. <laughs> is anything really on television anymore? I mean, technically, everything's on my television. It's just not on TV. <laughs> I think Law and Order is a safe bet, but that. <laughs> well, I don't die. know. After uh, the events of this year, who knows if we'll have any cop procedurals anymore? Yeah. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> well, hey Scott, a happy. Uh, yeah, what's up? What you, what what you watching? Well, um, I never stop watching things because that's all I have to do here in Toronto right now. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I finished Space Force. Um, I dug it. I thought it was uh, interesting. And I think, I mean, they do a real, I mean, I've already used this joke before, but they do a real sharp right turn at one point <laughs> and seeing where season two will go is uh, is going to be exciting. Everyone um, has seems to have the same reaction when they say they've watched Space Force. It's like, well, I watched it. <laughs> I know I definitely I definitely laughed like there was like I laughed in parts throughout it but I it's just one of those things where it's like I have to see what they do in season two in order to kind of understand what's going on in season one yeah um with a show helmed by Greg Daniels season two is where they really find their legs like I mean look at the office office season yeah. one is not that good it's very cringy oh, it's so. just they're, like uh, certain things happen in the show without going too deep into spoilers and you're just kind of like what the fuck what <laughs> like there's there's just certain parts that are never really explained <laughs> yeah yeah which which i feel like they're going to be explained but in season two but i just feel like they didn't do enough of that for season one for us to kind of be like oh yeah no this is why I'm watching. It's more It's more of just like a get to know the characters in season one. It's almost like they knew they were picked up for two seasons and that season one, they just did whatever. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, though. I love yeah, no, I don't, I don't, in it. Yeah, I don't think it's the right way to go about doing a television show, but <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Like It's just one of those things where I'm going to have to wait until I see that one. It's kind of like everyone who was just being like, well, I'm going to have to see Rise of Skywalker before I judge the trilogy as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I'm really looking for season, forward to season two of uh, Space Force. Like, I love the cast. I think there's so many great oh, yeah. act. Like, I love the dynamic between uh, John Malkovich and Jimmy O. Yang and mm -hmm. Steve Carell. Like, I thought they all did great job. And Ben Schwartz, as usual, is just the worst. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I mean, Steve Carell's amazing in this. I Him and yeah. John Malkovich, absolutely great. They're fantastic, uh, fantastic characters. Great moments. It's just, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just like, the like cohesiveness of the like. There, I think that's what it is. Like, like, there's great moments, but the story as a whole just feels a little bit jumbled. Like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't quite make sense. I don't know. Yeah, Th yeah. things it, just seem it, to happen. I was gonna say honestly, the only thing I really had an issue with was um, I wasn't a fan of Steve Carell's voice. No. It just, yeah. his voice in it just felt too forced. That, oh, I gotta talk like this the whole time. Yeah, I didn't oh, mind that. Oh, I think it, yeah, I didn't mind it. It's just very yeah. different than what I'm used to on The Office. Like, he's, yeah, I it's, guess. it's a very different character. Well, that's the thing, too, is that a lot of people are coming into this hoping that it's just Michael Scott in space. But, yeah. you know, sadly, that's not a show. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, no, I mean, I dug it. I mean, I, I liked, I mean, the cast is incredible. Like when you get the, the joint chiefs, any of those joint chief scenes. Oh, are that, incredible. those were great. Yeah. Um, that cast is phenomenal. Yeah, no, I really, I liked Michael Scott. It almost feels like they're testing the waters of like the ratio of space force and, and character stories, you know, like, and, and different character arcs. Like what they were doing with, with the office was, how much of this is actually about a paper company and how much of this is actually going to be going into like the characters' lives. And I feel like yeah. they're trying to figure out a good ratio of how to do that. But yeah, I, I don't think they've got it yet. I think no. they need a little bit more Space Force, a little less their lives, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, de- it's been a lot more uh, about their lives than Space Force. Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially since like I'm assuming this whole show was thought of because of a joke of making fun of Trump's Space Force. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> for that to come out of something like that, you know, I mean, who knows? But, um, um, spe- but yeah. speaking of which, I, lo- I love that Netflix has the copyright to the term Space Force. Yeah. Yeah. So States is going to lose it. It's amazing. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I tried watching Last Airbender. I got to episode three and I stopped. Uh, not because I wanted to, but just because I fell off the bandwagon. I don't have a good reason why I stopped. I have no reason to stop. I just Man. stopped watching it. <laughs> like, Dave Filoni does such great directing work on that show. I love it. Oh, absolutely. He's a fantastic director. But I am going to start watching Lost in Space Season 2. Uh, I, I started never finished it. Season 1. No, I liked Season 1. Uh, season 2, I only got about three episodes in, and I kind of... Uh, I think I got a little distracted, but it didn't grab me quite the way season one did. So I'm gonna have to give it another shot. Yeah, that's uh, filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, good old good old Canadian production. Speaking of speaking up. of Canadian productions, <laughs> glad we almost all did that. Good, <laughs> Hannah. Good segue. <laughs> Hannah, say what? it. What? Say what? Say it. Say what? Speaking of. Speaking of... There we go. Now we've all said it. I was really hoping that you were going to say vampire. Oh, <laughs> I thought she was going to say life finds a way. Oh, God. We, there's just too many jokes for us to say. The Winchester is full of entertainment. So fun. Are you not entertained? Yeah, there you go. You said it. Well, this week, because it's Canada Day... Uh, we decided that we were going to watch a, a good old Canadian film. Uh, this one is uh, from 2008, directed by Bruce McDonald, written by Tony Burgess. It stars Stephen McCaddy, Lisa Howell, Georgina Riley. Filmed in Ontario, Canada. Bruce McDonald, uh, fun fact, I had the pleasure of working with him once before. Uh, very nice guy. He wears a cowboy hat. <laughs> I wonder if that's why the main character in this movie wears a cowboy hat. Could Maybe. be. I mean, he at least he wore a cowboy hat when I knew him, but which was right around this time, was it not? Which was literally two thousand and eight. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah he like he directed me in like one or two episodes of Degrassi, and that was around two thousand eight. So like, he was either he either just film finished uh, filming Pontypool or he was about to go film Pontypool. Hmm. Wow. But yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Pontypool. Thanks to IMDb, we've got a lovely synopsis here. A radio host interprets the possible outbreak of a deadly virus which infects the small Ontario town he is stationed in. Now, a little bit of context for our friends listening. Um, the virus outbreak, kind of, you know, in the, in the realm of zombie apocalypse, uh, the way that it spreads is, uh, is through the English language. So that's a nice little spin. How did we, how did we feel all about that? I like the idea. It's it's yeah, fresh. Me too. It's different. We're so yeah, used to seeing like the typical kind of like Walking Dead zombies. It's been done to death. Ha 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 ha. Oh, she said ha. it. She said it. Yeah, <laughs> Hannah's got her own. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of refreshing to see it done in this way, and like it's it's more of it's kind of like a bottle episode <laughs> of a movie where it all just <laughs> happens in in one room. Uh, or at one location, which is kind of nice. Like it, it's definitely a lower budget movie than something like I don't know the what was the one with Brad Pitt, World War Z or whatever, where you yep. see like mountains of zombies and stuff. But I found it to be still 
just as effective, if not creepier, not really seeing what's actually happening, just like being in the room with these characters, kind of dealing with what they're hearing. I, I love self-contained films like this where um, you, you get a little bit of a peek at the outside, but really the whole story takes place in one location. I love that kind of thing. And I think it worked really well, especially for the to amp up the horror feel and increase the tension, right? Because you don't know what's going on outside. You're just hearing these reports, but they're still they're still at risk. Yeah, and they, they don't they they don't really know what's going on. Like they're getting like little bits and pieces here and there. I, I I loved their use of Ken, their uh, eye in yeah. the sky, which is a guy driving around in his car. Um, yeah. One that was hilarious, um, but two, like every time they they had him on on the phone from the point that he started reporting on the um, the mobs of people congregating at the doctor's office uh, to the point where they actually lose him. Like I had chills whenever he was yeah. on because you could feel the tension and you could feel the the worry and the panic in his voice and the way that, uh, uh, the way that, uh, now I can't remember his name, the main character. Oh, um, Grant Mazzy. Yeah. So the way that Grant reacts to his, uh, his reports and the way that you can see him trying to figure out what the hell is going on outside the four walls of the room he's in. Like, I, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, the acting is really, really good in this movie. Like, it, it's funny because it, it like he's, like we both said, it, it takes place in one location. So there's not much, there's not a ton for the characters to be doing. And they're recording a radio show, so all of them are just kind of sitting. But they're all fan, like the the way that they kind of play off of each other, and it's all in their voices and their eyes. It's it's quite like they're all really, really good. I, I like all of them in this movie. Yeah. And they and they like the way that they even film uh, Grant Mazzy, you know, that it goes to to help the with, um, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, we're in this room. What can we do to make it kind of fun and exciting? But they really do utilize a lot of different types of shots with him, like a lot of like kind of like macro on his face types of shots, you know, close ups and uh, and such. Uh, some nice some nice reflection stuff in there, too, to like spice it up a bit, which is nice. Yeah, it's it weird very to say well, very well handled. It's weird to say like a film is beautiful when like you only see one little <laughs> section, but like and they, it's he, they... it's a concrete room, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what's crazy is that I didn't know that it was such a big place. Like when they get up and run away, when the, when like the like the zombies, you know, start coming in, I was like, oh wow, this is actually a big area. Like they go, there's an upstairs area. There's like a coffee. Like it's like a lounge. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know it was that big. Well, it's yeah. the uh, it's the basement of the church, I believe. Yeah. Right. Right. I think it's a great movie, and it's kind of fun, at, like as Canadians, to hear them say things like, "Oh, the four hundred one is just down there," <laughs> like stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. It's they're they're talking about uh, landmarks in 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 the movie, and I'm like, I know where every one of those is, and I could be there in a couple of hours. <laughs> Yeah, I used to always see um, the the name Pontypool on the way to go visit my grandparents. It just always, every time I went by, it always reminded me of this movie. But yeah, I, that's kind of nice to to see and hear. I th- I just... honestly thought Pontypool was a lot further away from Toronto than it actually is. Like I didn't realize how close it was. Yeah, it's not that far. I wanna I wanna find out um, everybody else's thoughts on this, but the opening voiceover as the snow is kind of falling, like does anybody understand what was supposed to be happening there? Cause it was fascinating and incredibly confusing. Like I, I was drawn in, but I couldn't figure out heads or tails of this story that he was telling the, the stuff about the lost cat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. And the pool I, or the river or something. I, I don't remember yeah, I word don't, for word. I don't really know what it was, but it definitely comes back at the end of the movie when they say like the BBC is is playing his piece about Miss McCaddy's or something's lost yeah. cat. I I don't know. I I I wonder if could, could, this is just me kind of taking a stab at the dark. But could it have been um, like that was him trying to like break away from the words or something? Uh, you know what I mean? Or was that legit? That was that was before. Yeah, Wasn't but it? it was also before he got to the radio station, I think, because it they do that VO, and then he's driving in his car to get to the radio station. Yeah. 
And then we see that uh, that uh, creepy woman come out of the snow and then disappear back in. Yeah, I don't know. I like I, I almost am wondering if it's like what kicked off the whole thing in the first place. Oh, maybe. Um, like he said the magic word or whatever, and it started to to trip people. Trip I don't people think out. I, I don't think I once heard him say the word please. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just I like the idea of like this like radio show host being the one that like kind of kicks off the apocalypse and doesn't want to believe that he's the reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that that's that that cool. is kind of a an interesting concept. I absolutely love his voice. Like he's yeah, got a great yeah. voice. Well, I didn't know that uh, Stephen McCarty was in a whole bunch of things that I've already watched. Like I knew he was like a pretty big actor, but he's like in Three Hundred. He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's in a Watchmen. He plays the old yeah. Night Owl. Yeah. yeah, he's really good. I I really liked him quite a bit, and uh, I I was watching it with Phil, and like we were both just glued to the television. Until one part. <laughs> that, oh, God. that yeah. really brought us both out of the movie. And we were both going, what in the fuck is going on? Um, what part was that, Hannah? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I, please tell us more about this. Yeah, Hannah, what's grinding your gears this week? <laughs> so... They haven't quite figured out what's going on outside yet. They're getting like a few calls here and there. They're trying to figure it out. And while the producer, uh, I can't remember her name. Oh, Sydney. While the producer, Sydney, is trying to figure out what's going on, she's booked this music group. <laughs> uh, or is it play group? It's like, I, a, I, it's like <laughs> a, you know, like the Pawnee Pool Players or something like that. It's like a community theater or something. They yeah, are called... And- Lawrence and the Arabians. Yeah. And <laughs> they're all wearing brown face, except for one lady. It's just, it's very strange. It's something that I, I have been racking my brain trying to figure out why the fuck this is even in this movie to begin with, because they're not being seen by anyone except for the radio, the people working at the radio station. They are singing into microphones for the radio. So why they even needed to dress up in the first place, I don't know. Are they method and- actors? Yeah. I mean, unless that was like some sort of like joke that was supposed to be about it. Where it's like, they're so dumb. They just dress up for a radio thing. That's the like, only, there's- like, that's the only thing, like... Possibly, like it showing Stephen McCaddy that the small town is bullshit. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> well, yeah, understand. like there's like well, I mean, there is like there is a this like stigma about like small towns and that's they're all like, you know, um, you know, hicks with no education, right? Like there's that there is that mentality, especially in like movies and television, that you know people are portrayed that way. So I wonder, like, part of me was wondering, is that a way for Stephen McCaddy's character to kind of just be like, this place sucks. What, what am I doing here? It's a bunch of people who don't know better, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if it's more about setting a tone of the town rather than making some sort of like a statement. But yeah. I just feel like it wasn't needed because what, what that was, was just a way to get somebody inside. Yeah, which is fine. Somebody, like I, yeah. I, when they got the people inside, and the little girl starts talking nonsense, it's creepy and it's weird. And I absolutely agree with getting people to come in, but it's just there's yeah they could have done it differently. <laughs> the brown face yeah. was completely unnecessary. I think. Yeah, like, it does. Like it doesn't make any sense. And the author who wrote the script and the book that this is based on is one of the people that's dressed up. Like, I, and one of the characters is named Osama, and he does this like weird thing at the end like it just it's it's very weird and it didn't need to be in the movie (laughs) could you imagine if it was like one of the conditions of the script no i know that's what i was wondering like is the (laughs) tony Tony burgess was just just like no no no. they have to be standing there in costume in brown face and i will be one of them or like it came down from like the studio and it's like why why are we doing this it's so it's very strange and in a in a movie that is otherwise like really fantastic and i really loved that just like phil and i were even rewinding it to go back and be like did we miss something like are they saying something that 
that we need to be paying attention to? Is there a reason for it? And we couldn't figure it out. And I Googled to try to figure it out. And there's, <laughs> there's nothing. barely anything about it. It's just like people being like, that happened. <laughs> That's about <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we may- can move maybe, maybe on it, from that part. <laughs> maybe, it's well, a, I, maybe it's a comment on uh, Canadian society and how so many people don't think we're racist and it's just uh, brushed under the rug. It, it could be. Yeah, I don't. I like. I'm grasping at straws yeah. here for why. Like, if, if that was the point, it could have been done a lot stronger. If that wasn't yeah. the point, then why was it done? Totally. None of them yeah, needed they, it. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. could have just walked. They could have just walked in and literally have just been like this. Sm- this small town family, essentially. Yeah. You know, kind of like the Von Traps or whatever. They come in and they just, you know, <laughs> the Von Traps they're just like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And like, like yeah, and the kids are all cute and everything. And, and then all of a sudden when that turn happens, that innocence, that innocence really takes it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they're in brown face, I've got no sympathy for them. Yeah, it's it's really it's just weird. weird. It, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Just, a, just a bunch of racist Northern Ontarians. But they're from Southern Ontario. <laughs> Southern Ontario. What also, to uh, anyone who lives in a small town, we're not saying that you are like that. We are trying to figure out why this was in the movie. We're not like, saying. Yeah, it. We're, yeah. We're trying to we're trying <laughs> to, to figure to out why mainstream media likes to portray small towns as hicks and racists. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, like. Just this is a bit of a side note, but look, I think a great example of a proper way to portray a small town community in a uh, rural setting is uh, Letterkenny. Yeah, they they don't care who you are or what what you are as long as you're not an asshole. Yeah, and, and those people were real assholes. <laughs> Even the kids, the kids are assholes too. <laughs> For wearing. Um, <laughs> Another um, another side note. I just I didn't realize uh, Bruce McDonald's from Kingston. Yeah, I did not know that he was going to be here for the Kingston Film Festival. I think I'm pretty sure he had a movie in it. Well, I I mean I wouldn't have been surprised just because I know um, like there's a lot of support across Canada for the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. But I didn't real like and I expected Bruce here just because it is a, it's a decent sized film festival for being niche to the Canadian market only. Yeah. So, like, I I wouldn't have been surprised for Bruce to be here, but I didn't realize Bruce was actually from here. Yeah, it's that's kind of uh, cool. It's pretty cool. So, um, the the little girl that is with that troop of people, she starts speaking nonsense, and it really starts to freak everyone out. Um, yeah, it is a very. The, she's like one of the first that are infected. Yeah, it's very very creepy, and uh, I just oh, want well. to can. The zombies in this movie aren't actually called zombies. Bruce McDonald refers to them as conversationalists, which I think is kind of fun. And I just want to read something real quick that he said about uh, how people turn in this movie. There are three stages to the virus. The first stage is you might begin to repeat a word. Something gets stuck, and usually it's words that are terms of endearment like sweetheart or honey. The second stage is your language becomes scrambled and you can't express yourself properly. The third stage, you become so distraught at your condition that the only way out of the situation you feel as an infected person is to try and chew your way through the mouth of another person. It's very creepy. Interesting. (laughs) It is. I really like the mechanic in the movie and how how everything works. I honestly think, though, that the weakest part of the movie, to to me, plot-wise anyway, is over explanation of how it works yeah right like i felt like the weakest scene in the movie to me was when the doctor was explaining almost perfectly how the virus spreads and what it is like i could have done without that explanation and still had the same sense of creepiness and tension if not a little bit more yeah there is a turning point in this movie i feel where it goes from that kind of really fun like tense part of the movie while they're trying to figure out what's going on and then goes into like over explanation mode which I find a lot of movies have that issue where I I find a lot of horror movies actually have that issue yeah where the second half is all like supposed to be aha I got it but it's it's anything high concept where they're like oh what if the audience doesn't actually know what we're trying to do here I guess we have to explain it yeah and I yeah I do find a lot of horror movies come up against that but 
I like it didn't take away from. No, my... no, it's my own. Really, it's one of my only notes on the movie. Yeah, that brown face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I I love, I love what becomes of the doctor. Like, yeah, how the, when they leave the when they leave the uh, studio room. And he's still just kind of like rambling to himself. Like that was, that was intense. Yeah. Um, it just, to me, it felt like when he joined them in the studio, he automatically knew way more than he should know about this virus that came out of nowhere yeah. and just started spreading in the town that day. But he seemed yeah. to know exactly how it spread, exactly what was going on and how to stop it from, or not stop it from spreading, but how to avoid getting infected yourself and stuff like that. And it was just, that one, it just took a, a, t- a step too far for me in the um, rationalization department. Yeah. And uh, so they, in this section, they find out that only the English language is infected. Other languages aren't. So if you're speaking in like French or German or whatever, then you don't get infected with it for some reason. And I want to briefly talk with you guys about the that like message that comes like over the, the microphone from the French guys. <laughs> yeah, the... the, the um... The French-speaking military, because I don't think it was necessarily like the Quebec military, because Quebec doesn't have a military. And Quebec is really far, so how did they get there so fast? <laughs> well, Quebec's only about from 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 Pontypool. Quebec's only about four hours away. It, yeah, isn't and if it they're like, all com- if they're all coming on helicopters too. Yeah, I Qu- guess Quebec- that's true. <laughs> so these French people. Um, whoa, whoa, you can't what just do you call mean by these <laughs> French people? You can't just the, say that. The French voices okay, that are coming. Okay, they're Don Cherry. <laughs> the French voices that are coming over the, the speaker. Yeah. I, I and tying it into the BBC as well because the BBC are basically saying like, are French separatists attacking you right now? That section was a little bit weird to me too, because <laughs> why would they be attacking like a tiny town? In Ontario. Why don't you ask your French boyfriend, separatist? <laughs> what? I don't know. He's French, right? Did I just bump yes, over that up? Yes, oh, yes, okay. he is. But he's not a separatist. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe, all French people were separatists. Wait, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Hey, wait a second. My family's from Quebec. <laughs> what? Um... Maybe Phil has been a spot French spy his entire life, <laughs> waiting for the opportune moment to overthrow the Ontario government. That's why he looked so worried when we were watching this movie. <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't the brown you, face. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's why he was rewinding. He was trying to find the secret <laughs> message. <laughs> that or he just wanted you to focus so much on the brown face that you forgot about the separatist. French people. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was it was a bit of a strange part as well, but you know, whatever. It's a way to show the you know that of course like the different languages that are spoken here in Canada, but there's a, I think there's maybe like this weird thing of you know when it's the BBC one, it's like oh it's the BBC. I mean it's it's big time news. Yeah. But also also there's that like that history with uh, Canada and and you know the. Uh, you know, Canada was one of the colonies sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So when they're, like, looking down on us that way, there's, like, kind of that little tension there. But, uh, yeah, yeah you're know. You're the little I, rebellious uh, country. <laughs> yeah. I, I do really like how um, they write down the, Fr- the French message, and at the end, it, she literally reads it out, do not translate this into English, and they all kind of look at each other like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a really tense part, like, when he gets to the end of it and he just looks at her like, I made a mistake. The The one girl that's in it, too, the one that um, they keep saying that she was in Afghanistan and she just came home. Yep. Uh, sh- she was really, really good in this movie as well. She plays I thought a- she was great when she Yeah, turned. that's uh, Georgina Riley. She plays Laurel Ann. Yeah. Yeah, there are a few points where... Um, it switched from them kind of freaking out about everything that's going on and then back to like normal radio broadcasts that felt a little odd, like a little abrupt in their changes to me. Am I the only one? No? Okay. (laughs) But it was just kind of like they're freaking out and then all of a sudden um, Grant is just kind of like, all right, and now we're going to call our eye in the sky Ken again. (laughs) 
yeah what do we what do we think about um about that whole situation like because i love the like the eye in the sky is actually just literally his van and he's driving <laughs> around he's driving around pontypool well the i really thing like is, that I, I had a note originally that i crossed out was how the hell does pontypool afford a helicopter for their radio station and then they <laughs> answered that and i laughed so hard yeah yeah it was it was pretty funny when she grant doesn't know that he's not in a helicopter and he, grant dri- so is is that first being like how, you're you're up there in the sky and <laughs> just like uh. <laughs> <laughs> i just i just love when she pulls him aside and she's like Ken's in his van and he just plays <laughs> helicopter noises while he calls us. <laughs> and Grant's just like, oh, fuck, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, the, all the stuff with Ken is really, really good. He's it's like really well done because he's the one that's out there, right? He's the one that that isn't in this church with them. So he's kind of their their eyes and ears on what's going on. And the way that he describes what's happening is like it's very visceral and you can really yeah. like see what he's talking about when he's explaining it it's it's really well done yeah you really kind of get like uh you know your imagination works overtime when when he's talking about it and i love the like when he's getting close and they find out that one of the zombies slash conversationalists is uh someone's kid yeah. from from the town he's like oh my god i think that's him and he's like getting closer and closer and he's doing that thing where well, you know, as an audience member, you're like, no, don't get closer, run, like, run and away. Grant is just like, I wouldn't do that, Ken. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I that that grain silo scene is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pontypool with with its pre- depictions of Canadian winters, accurate or fiction? Accurate. <laughs> I, I've I've yeah. definitely had winters like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Those winters yep. remind me of like the '90s. That was that it, was yeah. like. That was like our um our March here. Yeah. The beginning of March, well, we had a we had a couple heavy snowfalls where you couldn't see anything, and then it was gone like two days later. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to do a buck forty on the road there, eh? Yeah, I would say that that winter, that description of winter is pretty accurate. Doesn't so I'm trying to remember all the parts that happen in this movie, but he has some kind of description of winter and how it makes him feel, right? And like how he just like feels like he's in the basement of the world, and. Uh, yeah, that's that's just about how I feel I, when January, February rolls around and I'm just ready for winter to be done. I don't remember uh, this part. So, Hannah, are you making this up? Like, is this just you telling us how you feel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could be. This is this is the episode where where none of us wrote down notes and we're just kind of like making up a different version of Pontypool in our head. Didn't he <laughs> yeah, say that? Yeah, I thought it took place in August. No. <laughs> no, I do I do think he had uh, a little bit of a uh, I don't know if you call it a monologue or a soliloquy about Canadian winters and that, but I do I do remember yeah. something about that. It's something that we all have to deal with and we all deal with it in different ways. Some people love winter. It's either a love or a hate. It's kind of like cilantro. Like there's not a lot of people that are in the <laughs> Uh, some people are like Grant. They sit in the basement of a church and drink their morning away. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It was a uh, like I re- I like the way that they handled certain things in this movie. Other things think they could have done a little bit better. <laughs> I do. I do like that we see this nice character progression from Grant as well. Like he starts off yeah. as this just rough asshole who just doesn't give a shit to being this guy who's trying to stop in at least in some little part trying to stop the v- spread of this virus and save the people around him. Yeah. And it like yeah. the kind of the I the only thing I will say is like I don't super buy the relationship between Sydney and Grant. I, like Yeah, that I was going to ask you guys quick. about that. Well, cuz it's like they go from I mean his, I mean his arc as well, right? Like just to to piggyback off what you're saying like it's, his arc is, you know, from not giving a shit to giving a shit. Yeah. You know, and and from that, I guess, I mean, I guess there could be some attraction there where, you know, her seeing this, you know, this hard, stubborn guy, you know, the kind of like that classic, you know, I'll fix you sort of thing into, oh, yeah, he does care. I knew there was a heart under that tough skin this whole time sort of thing. Like, I guess maybe, but I just didn't really... I don't know. I mean, I don't. I I assume there's quite a bit of an age gap there. I mean, between yeah. the two of them. Yeah, and but, I mean, uh, like this takes place over the course of what, like, twelve hours. Yeah, 
It's a pretty yeah. fast, and like they they've made it clear that he's brand new, like he's just starting there. So it's not like she's even had a lot of time to get to know him. Yeah, it just it just seemed a little bit a little bit strange to me, but it, I you, I didn't have that big of a deal with it. Do you I think mean, it could have been a one of those oh god oh god we're probably gonna die here so I love you things, or do you think it was meant to be a little more genuine than that? I, th- I think, like, especially, like, you know, there's the argument of, like, um, at the end of the world, you know, you, um, y- you know, you kind of go with what's there sort of thing <laughs> rather than, <laughs> r- rather wow. than, like, you know, finding. Well, I mean, take a look at it. When Tell you, when us you what take you really look- feel, Scott. <laughs> no, no. But there's, like, in, in a lot of, like, movies and, and TV about the end of the world, it's, like, pe- two people who never would have thought that they would have been together you know, end up being together sort of thing. And it's almost like, you know, being together, not out of, I mean, I guess out of necessity then, right? Because you guys are, I mean, and you can take a look at any of like the classic, you know, those, those films where um, Guy and, you know, oh, what's the one? Oh, Dave Spade has a new movie out where it's like he texts the wrong David girl to go on Spade? vacation with him. Yeah. David Spade's still making movies? Yeah, he's got like a Netflix show, but he basically texts the wrong girl he's like the wrong amy or whatever and then like this crazy psycho one comes it's basically it feels like a night like a movie from the 90s made for today basically (laughs) but um it's like but he learns to you know fall in love with her sort of thing or or like gets as soon as you get to know a person you fall in love with them sort of thing don't judge a book by its cover bullshit you know yeah Uh, the wrong missy is what it's called there you go interesting it's got a it's got a pretty pretty good cast to it yeah huh but I mean, I feel like I. I mean, I. I don't believe their uh, attraction to each other because of how quickly it was. It's I don't um, want to die alone. But yeah. I think it's. I think it's more of a I don't. Die, I want to die. Alone. There it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of also is how he quote unquote cures what's happening. So I. I don't fully understand this, and maybe I'm just dumb. But <sighs> you have so the way that you cure the infection is by not understanding the word that infected you. So you have to, like, say the word over and over again so it doesn't have any meaning. Yeah, so basically, kill became kiss. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> I, like... I mean, it, I understood it, but at the same yeah. time, it didn't quite work for me. Yeah. Because he just started saying, kill is kiss, kill is kiss, kill is kiss. Like, if you just keep, like... I, I don't know. Just by saying that over and over again doesn't mean that the meaning of the word has changed for you. Yeah, doesn't make it true. Yeah. yeah I think it would have made more sense if it they just started talking like gibberish. So that way, like, not necessarily that they were changing the meaning of the word that infected them, but they were they were making it so that they didn't understand the English language at all, if that makes sense. I think yeah. that if like, you just scrambled I think that, the entire language up, then yeah. yeah I think I think it should have been more so like the destruction of the English language was the cure for the infection through the English language. I think that would have worked a little bit stronger. Yeah. Could you yeah. imagine if they did it if they made the cure baby talk? <laughs> <laughs> just Stephen McCaddy with his voice like talking <laughs> baby talk. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that kind of leads a. Oh, wait, we have to talk about the part where they beat the shit out of the kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's some weird jump cuts in that, too. Yeah, so one of the kids that was in Brownface earlier in the film comes back as a conversationalist, and they have to kill the child. <laughs> and so, then they get into, like, kind so of weird... there's <laughs> Hear me out here. Hear me out here. Maybe... Maybe the reason that they put the kid in black or brown face was so that way they could justify beating the shit out of it later in the movie and not have you feel bad for the kid. Maybe <laughs> if that's I know, if, I know I'm stretching so far with this. Like if that's the end game, like uh, that's a long stretch. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like racing in Mario Kart backwards. Like holy shit! Wait, you you don't do that? No, I don't. Um, if um, if uh, if Bruce McDonald wants to clarify with us that scene, that would be amazing. Yeah, it would be great to know uh, what the fuck. 
but it uh, does yeah. but what it, it does what it should do though which is it makes you think it starts like we're it, we're doing what we should be doing having a conversation about it yeah and uh, one of the interesting things about it too is like when i was normally when we watch a movie it's like a very popular movie there's a, a ton of stuff about it online and so this was kind of the first one where i was trying to look stuff up to find out about it and i was like oh my god i have to come up with my own shit <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you you're allowed to form an opinion and come on now. i'm i'm sorry Re- research what's research <laughs> we just yell into the microphone one of one of the things that i think works really well for this movie i think is really cool the broadcast that they have over the credits yes yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. really totally. liked that because it made it brought this um this issue or this uh situation from small town Pontypool in southern Ontario to a larger, more global scale. Yeah. Did you guys see the after credit scene? Yeah, what was that? Like I've got to know what the fuck was that? I don't know. It looked like fucking Sin City. Like I I don't I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. Did he I have a part I... in Sin City or something like that? No, uh, I don't. Who's Stephen McCaddy? Yeah. I don't know. Sin City was 2005. Hmm. Yeah, it weird. Just... I mean, I liked it, but I, <laughs> I, I'm i not smart enough to know what it was. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if I read the book, like, if a lot of stuff would make sense. Because I find that happens sometimes where, like, there's stuff that's written into the book that yeah, you just won't understand unless you read the book. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Uh, can you let me know? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll send out a little update to everyone. <laughs> um, Anyways, also the the little kid the little kid in brown face uh, creeped me out uh, doubly because uh, um, kind of reminded me of the little girl from Dune. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. I was like, as soon as I saw her, I was like, this girl's gonna be a little murder child. I know it. <laughs> I can feel it. She's gonna be an she's gonna be an eight year old playing a four year old with a knife in her hand. <laughs> yeah. And with uh, like and with, tele- with like a squirrel's voice. <laughs> there was significantly less yelling guns in this movie. <laughs> uh, yes, but oh, they do God. both use the language to kill. Yes, they do. That's kind of interesting. Huh. Making Is it interesting? <laughs> I don't know if Bruce McDonald is gonna appreciate us comparing this to Dune. <laughs> We're comparing Bruce McDonald to David Lynch right now. I'm sorry to both of you. I'm sorry to everyone. (laughs) I wish I became, I wish I came more prepared today. I'm sorry too. (laughs) I think this episode is more just fun about Canada stuff. What's your Uh, favorite thing about Canada? Yeah, let's, uh, I mean, we're running like, Pretty short on time, actually, as as opposed to our normal episodes. Weirdly enough, let's talk about Canada for a moment. <laughs> yeah, because we're clearly done with Pontypool. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I kind of forgot. Like, I wanted to watch it again, but there's not a ton to talk about because it, it's like a very simple story. It all happens in one place, and. But I, again, I love movies like that. Like, yeah, yeah, me I, too. I think we should watch more movies like that at some point. Yeah, I think the my my one of the one of, like just to circle back to Pontypool for a sec. Um I I feel like the doctor should have had half the dialogue that he had. Yes. Yeah. I just like when he came in, he just he came in and he wouldn't shut the fuck he came, up. He came in too strong. Too yeah, long. like and especially like it's so specific like when he came through the door, I don't know, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but like Didn't he, he come came through the, through the window. W- he, yeah, came he came through the window. He came through the window and like was shocked that he was there. But like he should have like I would have thought like maybe he made an effort to be there. I might be remembering it wrong. So just to I think up. it's a little bit of both. Like it's he he was surprised when he came in, but he was planning on going there in order to stop the broadcast so that way he could explain right. exactly what was going on. Right. Okay, yeah, good. but then he doesn't stop the broadcast. Like I no, don't know. No, he just that... rambles on. Yeah, it's very I think it's it... weird. I, I'm I'm glad he was there, like because I think his turn was one of the best turns in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole scene where they're surrounded by the conversationalists and they're kind of hiding and trying not to talk, and he's starting to 
ramble in um i'm not 100 percent sure what language he was speaking so i don't want to offend anyone by saying the wrong language but he was he was rambling in a language other than english and um like that that scene with the lights out and everyone hiding from the conversationalist i thought worked so well and i'm so glad he was there for that um but i think that they should have they should have let the audience kind of extrapolate a little bit more based on that scene in that moment as to what was going on rather than blatantly tell them, lay everything out for the audience and then have that scene. Because I think that scene would have been a yeah. little bit creepier if that was where, how we came to the realization as to what was happening and how it was transmitting in that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, we've talked about Pontypool. It wouldn't be right for us to just end it there on Canada Day. Um, Should we sing O Canada? <laughs> Would you like to sing O Canada, Ben? No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no Canada. <laughs> well, so what are, like, so we're very lucky. I mean, Canada, I mean, Canada has its own problems that it has to deal with, of course, all the time. But I'm constantly always reminded that um, I, I'm very thankful to live in uh, in this type of a country. Um you know, for the most part, you know, we treat each other with respect and it's a very um, a welcoming country uh, and it welcomes and appreciates diversity and, and people's differences. I'm, so I'm very thankful, uh, you know, to live in Canada and to and to be Canadian. Uh, what, what's some of the what's some of the things that you guys like about Canada or appreciate about Canada or even another um, Canadian film that you that you like? Um, I'm trying to think of Canadian movies right now, and I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I mean, we can all uh, we can all go uh, inside with our our boy Duncan back at uh, Humber College. Uh, his dad was in Cube. Cube was a good one, yeah. Yeah. Um, another another Canadian horror film. Oh, uh, um, what's that one with my boy Robert Pattinson? Uh, oh, Cos- Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan. Cos- Cosmo- Cosmopolitan. Cosmo- is not a drink. <laughs> Cosmopolitan. That's not it. That's a magazine, you dummy. Oh, no. That no was- I thought it was an ice cream, but then I remember. I thought that was an ice cream, That's but then Neapolitan. I remember. That's Neapolitan. <laughs> Isn't Neapolitan a Canadian ice cream? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's 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 a chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Yeah, it's the best. I thought a Neapolitan nope. was somebody who was very, um, uh, very fashion forward. Yeah, no, it's not Canadian. It's from Prussia. <laughs> oh. um, but you're thinking of you're thinking of Cosmopolis, which is uh, directed by uh, David Cronenberg, who's a lovely yeah. individual. Yeah, that's also a great movie too. David Cronenberg's also a top notch uh, Canadian director. Oh, uh, yeah. Bond Cop, Bad Cop. That's another that's a great good movie. Uh, oh, yeah. French Canadian yeah. film that I've watched in the last year or so. That was a good one. one oh, week Enemy. Is probably... Oh, Enemy. Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the one that's doing Dune. We talked about him uh, briefly in our Dune episode. He's a very, very good Canadian director. He's made a lot of really good movies. Absolutely. Um, Blade Runner. I'd, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention Hardcore Logo, another film by uh, by by Bruce McDonald. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And a goon. Um, goon is goon. another great one with Sean William Scott. Yeah, did you guys ever see that one? It's really good. I've seen I bits of it. it. I I have to say one of my favorite Canadian films um, is uh, a shout out to uh, my boy uh, Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Uh, one week. <laughs> one uh, week. There one you week go. is a yeah. great movie about a. One week is a movie about a man who um, is given a terminal diagnosis and it only has so long left to live and uh, he decides to take a motorcycle trip across Canada to experience um, the beauty our great nation has and the vast the sorry the diverse climates that the country has to offer from the prairies to the mountains the forests through Ontario and Quebec the ocean views um, and it's it's an incredible look not only at Canada but uh, um, it's an incredible journey that he goes on did you guys ever see the movie Defendor with a uh, yes. Woody Harrelson? Yes. So that's I never a, did. It's a really good movie. I haven't seen it in years. I'm pretty sure I own it on DVD, but that's another like really fantastic Canadian movie that I would highly recommend. 
I saw see. that movie at uh, the Kingston Canadian Film Festival back in 2010. Really? Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's got that cat, cat De- Den- Denny. Cat Denny. She's in it. She's really good. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I think I'm gonna have to rewatch it. Um, um, yeah, it's Cat Dennings, Woody Harrelson, Sandra O, oh, Michael Kelly. Holy shit! Who? Michael Kelly is the guy that everyone would recognize as that really recognizable guy in just about everything that where there's a government agent. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was in uh, House of Cards as Doug Stamper, the uh, oh yes yeah you know what I mean though like he's in he's yep, in the background of so many goddamn things but he always has that same feel to him where he's wearing the suit and very official yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of really good Canadian film out there and, it's it's uh, kind of funny because Sandra Oh is like the only Canadian actress in that movie Canadian movie yeah <laughs> like that's crazy. But that that one came out at the same time as uh, James Gunn's movie. Um, that was, was a movie called Super? Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> no, um, I think it was James with, Gunn who did it. Um, yeah, Super. Yeah, with uh, Rain, uh, Rain Wilson. I was about to say Rain Maeda, but that is the singer of Our Lady Peace. <laughs> uh, Canadi- great Canadian band. <laughs> I've got Canada on the brain right now. <laughs> um, but Defender was very. And super, um, were both kind of about the low budget superhero, and came out yeah. around the same time. So I think a lot of people miss Defender one because it was a Canadian movie, and two because it wasn't Rain Wilson who was in the office at the time. So he was like the big th- name, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember Woody Harrelson being really, really good in Defender. I, yes. I'm definitely gonna have to go watch that movie again. Yeah, me too. Um, Canada's pretty great. We uh, are not perfect. We have a lot of issues that we have to deal with, uh, as God said before. Um, but hopefully we learn from everything that's going on right now and uh, we can all become better. None of us have actually answered this question, but um, uh, Hannah, what's your favorite part about Canada? I think it's just how, like how different all the landscapes are like i've been to pei i've been to alberta i've been to bc and obviously i've lived in ontario my entire life and there's just everywhere you go it it looks very different and beautiful and uh yeah in alberta one of the coolest things was going around to the mountains and seeing all of those and then driving to drumheller which is basically like a (laughs) desert and it's one of the biggest like dinosaur dig sites in canada it's pretty it's pretty cool and And, uh, and you can you can see it all within a day yeah it's awesome and uh highly recommend drumheller go to see the big old t-rex they got there (laughs) i've uh i I have a picture of alicia and i in front of that giant t-rex that plaster t-rex yeah Um, it's really cool yeah, I, I have you, to ben? agree with you. I have to agree with you there. Um, my favorite thing about Canada is the diversity, um, not just in the people, but in the lands themselves as well. I mean, even driving a few hours with Ontario, you see some vastly different landscapes. Um, it's we have such a unique, absolutely massive country, right? Where yeah, Canada is the I believe we're the second largest country by landmass next to Russia, and like we have. We have desert, we have plains, we have forests, we have mountains, we have oceans on both sides of our country. We have Arctic Circle as part of our country. Like it's, it's an absolutely incredible uh, country that you'll never be able to explore everything in one lifetime. Um, not to say that you shouldn't try to experience yeah. as much of the country as possible. Like looking at, I love visiting um, the East Coast and yeah. Nova Scotia and PEI and uh, New Brunswick and uh, Newfoundland. Like they all have, they're all on the one end of the country, but they're all so unique. Every community yeah. is different. And that's, that's what I love. And I love the diversity of the people that we have here. Um, I've met some incredible people from all walks of life that all have their own uh, fascinating stories to tell. And um, you don't get that everywhere you go. Nope. I agree. Scott, what's your favorite thing about Canada? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you guys really, you guys really took all the options there, eh? But, um... <laughs> oh, no, Jerry, yeah. he, said I mean, he said it. He said it. <laughs> oh, yeah, eh? 
Um, oh, God, my chair's gone. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that I love about Canada is that, you know, people can come, people come here from all over the place. And it doesn't matter where you've come from. What matters is that you're here and that you're not, you're Canadian. I mean, because Canada is made up of all sorts of people who came here uh, to start a new life, you know, to get away from, you know, from war, from famine, from, you know, from death and, and to start anew. And, you know, we always, I mean, we have to recognize, you know, whose land this was first, of course, of where, you know, that we're standing on and living on now. We definitely weren't the first people here. So, um, and Canada, that's, that's one of the big, biggest, that's the one of the biggest things that Canada has to deal with is how Canada originally treated its uh, indigenous population. Um, Canada has a lot of work to try to, to fix what happened and, uh, and hopefully, um, you know, some progress can be made there. We're, we're um, better than I, we have been, but we have so much further to go. Yeah, exactly. Ben, Ben, you mentioned something that I really, that I really kind of enjoy. You can go anywhere in this country and it's something different. Each province pretty much has its own little motif to it. <laughs> you know, I mean, you think of like Quebec and Ottawa as like almost like colonial sort of thing, like sort of look to it. Ontario's got its like, it's, you know, it's, it's bustling industry. You know, Alberta, you think of cowboys and planes. Vancouver, you think of, you know, you think basically just Northern Californians. (laughs) 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 Surfs up. Um, But, um, but yeah, like you can go anywhere. I mean, if you just drive North of Toronto where I live, you know, you then see, you know, you see mountains and then you turn right and there's plains and just trees going on forever. I, I love that sort of diversity and, uh, of course, people, like you said, Ben, but diversity and landscape, too. Um, you know, going like coastal regions on the other side where you've got these amazing cliffs you know, that overhang the ocean. It's, it's just so beautiful. Like you can... There's a, and there's a story there. What, like, what happened when Vikings, you know, when we find out that there's a, a Viking settlements all along, like Newfoundland and, well, and PEI and New Brunswick. I was about to say, like, we have a, we have a pr- entire province that's literally called Newfoundland based on when, um, when settlers came over here from, um, Norway and that, um, when the Vikings first came over and that's like, like the, the Vikings, you know, came here first before any sort of like hardcore colonization efforts happened. So, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's crazy to, you know, to look at these different landscapes and be like, Oh, there's a story here. What did this, what did this look like that? Like, you know, hundreds of years ago, maybe thousands of years ago, you know, that's, that's something that I always kind of look at and just like, well, how different was it? You know? Yeah, it's absolutely. one of those things where it's like it's kind of one of those things where it's like Family Guy did it, where it's like the like Ireland was like the Jetsons before alcohol was invented. <laughs> <laughs> I want to land off of uh, what you said a little bit here. One of the things I love about Canada is there's so much history um, that's still embraced to this day. Like, for example, and not to give a shout out to one particular company, but um, if you look at the Hudson's Bay Company, HBC. They have they have been around since the original settlers. They started off as just fur traders, and it's they've still kind of borrow from their history a little bit in their um, in their company and their motifs and that st- stuff like that. Like Canada has a way of embracing the past. Um, unfortunately, they're not all of the past, and some of that should be embraced or at least acknowledged. <laughs> Remember the history minute where they talked about how we made basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Heritage Minute. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and the house hippos. Do you remember the house hippos? The house hippos. Yeah, yes. remember the house hippos. <laughs> we ha- we have some great advertising here. Don't you put it in your mouth is another good one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's, that's another the, good one too. For anyone who doesn't know that, that's a, a puppet thing about <laughs> don't put stuff in your mouth for kids because you'll choke and die. It's uh, pretty relevant God, we have to do, today. We should probably do context, guys. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, we're not doing phrasing anymore, that's for sure. Yeah. Look uh, up House of, Hippos. House Hippos are the fucking best. I want anyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things is that uh, Canada and Denmark have had a dispute uh, <laughs> over an island. They call it the Whiskey Wars. Basically, each country will show up and remove the other country's flag from this, like, it's just like an island, you know, the size of, like, 
you know, a like an apartment building. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not that big, but they would plant They'll plant a flag on there. And, uh, you know, the other country will come along, take the flag off, but they'll leave a bottle of like, you know, <laughs> traditional Denmark or Canadian whiskey sort of thing. And, uh, and I just love that. That's like, that's how we settle our disputes. We just, oh no, that shouldn't be there. Take that away and put down a thing of whiskey. Here, here, so, sorry, sorry that uh, we kicked you out. Here's a bottle of whiskey to, uh, yeah. right. Like that's, that's here, what num- they, numb they the pain and on your way. Yeah, and yeah. I think it, I think it's the 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 team that goes and removes that the flag that month or however frequently they do it, they get to enjoy a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a great little tradition that they have, just a, like a fun way of keeping up the relations with Denmark, while at the same time fighting over territory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Canada is full of stories and full of wonderful history, and full of wonderful things, just like uh, Canadian cinema. Well, this has been the Winchester's review of Pontypool. And make sure to catch us next week where we discuss war games. Hannah, where can the good people find you? Everyone can find me online at Shiny Bad Guys. And Ben, hit us with those details. I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at the Ben Bray. And I'm Scott. You can find me on all social media at SkayP. You can also find our wonderful editor Jordan Moore on social media at ThatJordanMoore. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes and all of the platforms where you get your podcasts. It would really help us out, and we would appreciate it. Don't forget, you can join in on the conversation by following us on all social media at WinchesterCast, or heading to our website, WinchesterCast.ca. Don't forget to use the hashtag WinchesterCast. The Winchester does not do any hardcore advertising and is purely word of mouth because we're poor. So every share, every mention, every hashtag really helps in getting the Winchester out there. That's all for us. Thanks for popping by the Winchester. Pew pew pew. pew, 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 pew. <laughs> also, shout out to Megan for reviewing oh. us. We love you. Pew pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> Meg, thanks so much for uh, reviewing. Uh, we love you, and thanks for popping by. Bye.